Hey, podcast nerds, you've heard me talk about Gorilla Biscuits in East Nashville before. Well, something special is coming down starting today through the rest of the year. You can get 10% off record sales to help benefit The Groove, an indie record store in East Nashville that is being threatened by the man. That's right. They're being threatened to be kicked out of their property if they cannot come up with the funds to purchase the property themselves. So you can go to Gorilla Biscuits. The location is in East Nashville, and you can pick up a record piece of vinyl, and 10% of those sales will go towards The Groove. You can also go to The Groove's GoFundMe page at GoFundMe.com. Search Keep Indie Alive dash Help the Groove by Building. Or you can just search The Groove Nashville. That'll help me find it as well. Please help this store provide great service and music to the world. As Gorilla Biscuits stated on their Instagram, Nashville is on the verge of losing one of those things that makes us us. A record store. It's beautiful. And the owners are great people. So if you're interested in music and keeping the independent stores alive, please go to GoFundMe.com and help support The Groove. All right, we've got a hell of a show to do today, and I'm excited to do it with you. So let's get it started. What is up, podcast nerds? My name's Clark Wayne. Welcome to the show. It's episode 10 of Clockwork Nights. That's right. This is a dime of a show. <laughs> hey, my guest today is Delane Wendling. Delane is one of my neighbors here in Nashville. Delane is also an artist and does watercolor paintings that are gorgeous. We get into that and a lot of other Topics that are range from serious to crazy to all out just fun and interesting. So very excited to share that conversation with all of you. How are you doing? How'd you find this podcast? Thank you so much for pressing play, whether you're on your MacBook or iPhone, Android, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Means a lot please feel free to write to me at clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you found the show. Let me know what clicked for you. If there was anything that you were just like, wow, that that was interesting. Uh, I guess I'll write this guy an email to say that it was interesting. You can do that. I'll read it. I may not read it on air. That I might need your permission to do. I might have read an email from my sister, and that's something that I could do because it's my sister just the one time. But if you want your email read on air as well and you want to correspond that way, I mean, we, we can certainly do that. 
But we don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to fear that I'm going to just read it out of the blue. You can just write to me and I'll privately respond to you. How about that? How about that? Hey, it's Thanksgiving week. Did you get all the fixings? Did you get into the grocery store and, and get all the things? Because it's time's ticking, man. You got to get out there. Got to make sure you get all the, the stuff for the, the stuffing or the sweet potato cast, sweet pot cast. How do you do your sweet pot cast? Do you do the marshmallows or pecans? I think it's pecans that people put on sweet potato casserole, right? I don't know. Well, hey, what what about you? Like, how are you doing? How, how are you doing with thinking about seeing the family or that, you know, person, friend, whoever at the table? You doing okay? Hang in there. Just remember, you can always take a second for yourself. You're in charge of you. How about that? You can do that. You can give yourself permission today to be in charge. Um, hey, man, you're not the only one. Listen, some other person in this life has been in a similar position as you, and we're going to make it together. So let me know how it goes. I hope it goes all right for you, hanging out. I know for me, I am going to my mother's and going to make two things. One she requested of me, which is a roasted vegetable side. So I'm going to do the root vegetables this year. I'm going to do some carrots, red onion, beets, turnips, parsnips, garlic, salt, pepper, uh, maybe a little parsley, basil. I don't know. Basil. I've been, I've been kind of out of sync with basil the last year or so. So, um, I, you know, just throw it in the oven, roast them up, put them in the dish. They're good to go, man. Do the avocado oil, you know, Good stuff. Um, what else am I doing? I'm also kind of the head veggie of the house because I was the first vegetarian. <laughs> the head veggie. What's a stupid name? <laughs> Woo! That's where we are. All right. Yeah. So I was the first vegetarian of the family. So I tend to do some sort of faux meat. I'm going to try to do something that tastes, I don't know. I haven't had turkey in years, but I, I remember things. I'm going to try and do something like that that's semi-healthy, whatever. It's just one meal. It'll be fine. It'll be good. I think it'll taste good. And of course, you know I'm going to use the Instant Pot for it. And I'm going to brag about it and talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. Instant Pot, I am looking for a sponsorship officially because I post about you weekly on my Instagram and I talk about you on my podcast every freaking episode. So... <laughs> You all must be getting sick of it. Are you still here? <laughs> here goes Clark again talking about the Instant Pot. <laughs> I can hit the 15-second forward one right here. Oh, no, he's still talking about Instant Pot. I got to hit the 15 seconds again. Dang it. When's he going to stop doing this Instant Pot thing? All the other podcasts I listen to have ads, and Clark just won't shut up about the Instant Pot. It may, may as well get an endorsement. Jeez, Clark, 15 seconds. That, do you hear that? I hear that because that's you clicking 15 seconds forward hoping that I'll stop talking about an Instant Pot. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna keep talking about it because I love to cook in it. So here's the deal with this episode and interview with Delane. Delane and I are neighbors. We both went through the flood, experienced traumatic, had traumatic experiences 
from the flood. So this is a trigger warning for everyone. And I, I, I'm trying to be as lighthearted as I can about talking about this, but I also want to make sure that I'm being honest and real that, you know, we, we talk about how we in our, the people in our homes almost died because we're in a flood zone and the flood literally, goodness gracious, that was a weird sound. The flood literally rushed through our entire neighborhood, entire side of town. And, um, it's a lot. And I have never really had to say this before and mean it, but I personally almost died trying to evacuate. And that's something I've had to live with since then. I've had to up my therapy and hang out with other people and talk about it and kind of be weird and PTS about it because lots of PTS occurred. It's not fun. It's not fun at all, but I'm, I'm, I'm making it work. I'm getting through it. I'm doing the good work. There is work to be done. Shout out to my friend, Indy. There's always work to be done. And this just so happened to be added to the list of things that I'm going to work through in my life. And I think, I think one day, you know, it'll become less of an issue for me to work through. But, you know, we talk about it. We talk about it as neighbors. We, bond, and I guess, bond over it. And, and, and I've said this before. I think I've said it on this podcast. But, you know, Nashville's been through a lot over the last couple of years. I know everyone in the world's been through the pandemic. And everyone has felt the effects here in America of George Floyd's murder and Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, and then also just the the senseless murders that Kyle Rittenhouse has gotten away with. A lot of us have felt the effects of that, and that all weighs on everyone. Um, but Nashville specifically, before the pandemic set in, went through a tornado that killed people, ripped through East Nashville, through Hermitage, even on to Cookville, which is about... I believe an hour and a half or so away from Nashville. Nashville also went through a Christmas Day bombing. I lived four miles away from downtown at the time. It woke me up. I felt the blast in my chest. I thought a plane had crashed. It was so loud. I, I got texts from people all over the world checking in to make sure that I was okay. And then just a few months after the bombing, that, that's when it flooded this last March in South Nashville. It's been quite the experience. We've been through a lot here. I think uh, people have been through a lot in many places, but my heart has definitely gone out to my fellow Nashvillians over the last year and a half. It's been a lot of rebuilding, connecting, figuring out who we are, figuring out what to do, and leaning in. It takes leaning in. And in this conversation, Delane and I lean in as neighbors and learn from each other and, and discuss certain topics. One of the topics that I wanted to make sure to mention in this intro, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with this show. First with myself, and then those around me, like that, in and outside the show, that that's happening. 
But in regards to this podcast and, and talking about my personal life, I'm trying to strike a good balance here. You know, making sure to be personal, to be honest, to be transparent, but then also to make sure that I'm protecting my privacy, my mental health, and those around me that I love. Like I, I don't want to expose my loved ones in a public way like this. And you know, again, just trying to strike a good balance. So the the topic of divorce does come up in this episode as well. Some of you may know that is a very personal topic for me. That is something that I've gone through. And here's what I'll have to say. In this episode, this is about as intimate as I will go on this show in regards to the topic of divorce. I'm not here to drag anyone through the mud. I'm not here to expose a lot of icky details that aren't really anyone's... No, 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 not really. It's just they're not anyone's business, but mine and those who are absolutely closest to me that I choose to share those details with. Outside of that, I don't plan to use this platform to spill my guts every time a sensitive topic comes up that I connect with. But at the same time, I can't help but go there and and speak to it and be honest and, and speak from my heart about the feelings that something can provoke inside of you when you go through it. And I think I say that too because some of you might also be trying to strike that balance of, of being open with those that you love, but making sure that you're taking personal responsibility for yourself. And sometimes taking personal responsibility means sitting with your own thoughts, taking steps by yourself to get better, to seek help. And and I don't know. I, I don't want to go down... The, the whole tangent city thing. But I think that maybe some of you can can identify with what I'm saying. And I felt like it was important to at least talk about it, state the obvious. It's going to be talked about in, in this interview, and I'm glad it was. But I'm also trying to make sure that I set a healthy boundary for myself. And, and if anything... Here's what I'll walk away from this intro knowing. I'm going to walk away knowing that I said something, that I that I, I I don't have to wait till the next episode or the next opportunity when when that subject comes up to feel like I've got to explain myself or or set a boundary. If anything, I'm, I'm saying all of this so that when I go to bed tonight, I sleep better. And I think that sometimes that's what it really comes down to. You know, I keep a little quote list in my iPhone and, and maybe you're in it. There's <laughs> there's probably a handful of you who are listening to this who are in it. And I'll never forget when I was going through that time in my life, somebody said to me, hey man, whatever helps you sleep at night. And I thought, how true is that? Because I've, I've talked about this before. I've lost so much sleep due to anxiety and depression over the years that sometimes you have to make that decision or do that thing so that when you lay your head on your your pillow at night, you know, you're going to sleep better and you're going to wake up the next day feeling that much more um, accomplished, I guess is, is, is the word I'm thinking. 
whatever you need to do to take care of you, I'd encourage you to do it. So this is me taking care of me. <laughs> I hope you hear my heart in this. I hope that you you know that it, it comes from a good place. And I, I believe that healing can take place in many forms and in many different ways. And I believe that I've experienced that healing. So I, I'm just grateful to be on this side of things in my life. And, and I don't believe that that era or time period or whatever completely defines me as many other experiences and people and and things I don't believe define me. So uh, I think that's a pretty general statement that I feel like I'm on the other side of things, regardless of what that makes you think of. I know it makes me think of a hundred different things. <laughs> and again, I'll say, it, I'm glad to be on this side of things. So I don't know, just just trying to keep it real, man. But hey, you know what? This is the great thing about this conversation that you're going to listen to. It's positive. Delane and I have been neighbors for about nine months now. And I will just say this, Delane is a very sweet person and very positive. And I believe that Delane's artwork reflects Delane's personality. You can find Delane's artwork on Instagram. And I will make sure to post the links below. That way you can go find that yourself and discover Delane's paintings and anything else that Delane likes to share to the public. You can, you can go see that. But yeah, here is a very wonderful conversation that I got to have with one of my neighbors, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of the things that we were able to talk about and express during this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my discussion with the one and only, the wonderful Delane. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> I recently watched Dune the other night, and yeah. then I don't know if you, you know anything about it, read the book. I know nothing about it. So yeah, I, all, a lot of my friends in high school read the book, and I never did. Okay. I don't know that I'd ever heard of it for <laughs> the last two months. And then everyone that's all everyone talked about, and Stephen Colbert was having the entire cast on his entire, oh my gosh, the entire <laughs> cast on Late Night, Stephen Colbert. And so we watched the other night, had no idea what was going on, and then it was done. And it was like, what so the was that? the entire time, What's you that? had no idea. No, still don't. I just know that they're gonna do multiple movies now because <laughs> I had to Google it. I was like, was that it? <laughs> because I feel like if that was it, that was a huge cliffhanger. So I was hoping to, pull more information about that movie out of you, but it's all good. You're in the same boat. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, either that's a really smart marketing tactic mm -hmm. to keep everyone in the dark so that they watch the next one or a terrible marketing tactic. I'm not sure which one, but yeah. I haven't seen it. It's or good. Or read it. It's beautiful. The movie, like I texted my friends who I, I knew had read it or wouldn't you know, be movie critics. And I was just like, dude, I've never read the book, but so far, like, the cinema photography and the elements and the music, like all at the same time, that's my Instant Pot. Um, <laughs> the Instant Pot's been making a, a guest appearance in the last couple of All right, shows. all right. 
but yeah, so like the the center of photography and the music, like Hans Zimmer did the music. Ooh, Hans Zimmer, you can't yeah. beat it. Yeah, you know. So like yeah. did all of the Batman trilogy with Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, did what, uh, not Inspection. Um, Inception? Inception, yeah, he did that, I think. But yeah, the, the whole movie, I was I just, won't be able to fact check you on this, but I do know that Hans Zimmer is amazing and he did the Batman one. Yeah. I don't know if he did the Inception one. Okay, yeah. So like very theatrical, heavy tones the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So it definitely pulls you in. Um, that's it. That's all I got on that. <laughs> <laughs> you were no help, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just going to have to walk that road with you. Cool. I'm just going to have to watch all six or however many they're going to make. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So you, Delane, not from Maine. You just, <laughs> you just went to Maine, uh, traveled there. Like, were you there seeing friends, family? No, no. So pure vacation. Pure vacation. Yeah. Yeah. In the before times, before the pandemic, my coworker went up there Mm. in October and I had major leaf envy, um, like fall leaves. Yeah. And I'm from Minnesota and the fall leaves are beautiful there. And in Nashville, they're pretty right now, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely not at Minnesota or Maine levels. No. So... When I saw the pictures, I was like, I really want to go. Obviously, no one was going anywhere last year. So yeah. this year um, was my boyfriend Michael's 30th birthday on Halloween. Happy birthday, Michael. Yeah. Oh, wait, Michael. that's right. He's a Halloween baby. He's a Halloween baby. That's two people I've met in since moving to Nashville that are Halloween babies. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, the funny thing is he's not like a huge fan. I mean, he's not against Halloween, but he doesn't really like... He doesn't love Halloween. Sure. It's not his favorite holiday for yeah. some reason. Maybe it's because it took away from his birthday. I don't really know. Right. Have you can you probably met... psychoanalyze that. Sure. But... And there's people that have been born on Christmas and they feel the same way. It's just kind of like, yeah. mm, I'm the <laughs> gift. <laughs> <laughs> I am the gift to the world. Yeah. yeah no. So we um, wanted to do something for his birthday. His family wanted to do something with us and we went to Maine. So we went to Portland, Maine first, and then we went to Acadia National Park and it was awesome. What's cool about Arcadia National Park? The seafood for one. So I'm from a a landlocked state. Yeah. So I did not grow up eating seafood at all. Nope. And I didn't even really want to try it or my parents aren't really into it. I didn't have anyone that really introduced it to me, but Michael's family or his mom specifically is from that area, from Mm. like Connecticut, New England area. And so she was all about getting the actual lobster and teaching us how to open it and get the meat out and everything. And I was a little hesitant. I was like, all right, I'll try it, you know, and it was absolutely delicious. Is it oily? Um, I, no, I mean, you dip it in butter. Oh, okay. So then it would definitely, yeah. Yeah, you after get some oil the from oil that. But no, it's not. It's it's so good. Like, cool. I get why people only eat seafood on the coast. Yeah. Yeah. It's fresh. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. We, I grew up in Indiana, so anything fish-wise was usually frozen, which... Same. That's what I grew up on. And I remember mm-hmm. having to pick out the little bones and stuff. <laughs> And once I had real seafood, years later, probably late teens, early twenties, it was just like, why? Why did we? <laughs> why did we eat those little 
whatever. Why did we even try? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's so good. And Acadia um, is a national park. It's pretty small for a national park uh-huh. compared to other ones that I've been to, but um, it's, you know, got the the ocean and some mountains and um, the fall colors, like I said. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some pretty good hiking and um, just spots to see cool stuff like lobster boats and sailboats and things like that. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah and you're like cool. into hiking kind of, or I am. Yeah. yeah. Do you do mountain rock climbing stuff or are you just like a, I have, okay. um, I'm, I'm kind of a baby when it comes to that. I'm not as, uh, much of a daredevil as people I know that I go rock climbing with, but yeah. I have done some rock climbing and, but I've done more hiking than rock climbing. Cool. Same. So, yeah. I, I've repelled one time inside of a rock climbing gym. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe more than one time, but like <laughs> it was not easy. It was a whole process. And I think I just got overly frustrated. This was in my early 20s. So I was definitely out of shape, definitely not strong enough to carry my own weight as small as I was, but still like just learning everything. I was like, this, this is too much. I just got frustrated with the, uh, the whole process of learning it. (laughs) I think now I'd have more patience for it. And then I'd have to really test like if I have a fear of heights or not. I don't Mm -hmm. know because I've not really tested that. I feel like. Well, if you want to test it, you can come with us. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Is Michael into it or? That's kind of what got me into it is that he was into it. Oh, okay. That's actually how we met. We were on my friend as a photographer and she was moving to Seattle and she found this cave in Alabama mm-hmm. that she wanted to do some photography in because it's really cool. Like the sunlight comes into the cave and you can repel like from the top into the cave oh, and wow. walk out. So anyway, she wanted to do this as like her last Nashville thing or like last Southeast um, thing. Yeah. And so I was invited, but she f- had to find a friend who knew how to repel. And so she found a friend who knew how to repel and that friend was friends with Michael. So we met on this trip and we went rock climbing on the trip as well. And I was like, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to hang out with you, I have to learn how to rock climb. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all of the people on that trip were amazing and have become friends since then. So nice. we've... Yeah, we went to the biggest rock climb we did was um, in Red Rock Canyon outside of Vegas. Oh. Yeah, that was too much for me. That was like way above my ability level. Really dry <laughs> climate, I assume, or was it? Pretty dry, but it actually rained when we were there. But before the rain came, we, we did a climb. It's called a multi-pitch climb. Okay. So it's where... So, you know, when you go to the climb gym, you have a rope tied to the top, you Uh go up, you go down. Uh Um, With multi-pitch, you actually go up and then pull your rope up with you and go up again Mm. and pull your rope up with you and keep going. And then you repel from whatever, you know, height you're at. Yeah. So... When I don't know how into this story you want me to get, but I'll try to tell it really quick. No, you're fine. So we go out there, you know, I had been like training in the gym because I wanted to be able to hang out with these people who are way better than me Uh at climbing. Um, So I thought I was ready. And then we get there and I didn't know about this multi-pitch thing. I did not know we were going to be doing this, but I, I was like, sure, let's do it. Let's try it. So the girl we went with, so it was me, Michael, and this girl named Amy. Mm -hmm. She actually had like a bum knee. 
when we were there, but she had the most experience. And so she was going to be leading us and she was going to be doing what's called trad climbing where you actually stick gear into the wall to hold you. Yeah. So That sounds stressful. Yeah. <laughs> so she's carrying like pounds of gear uh-huh. on her harness. So she's badass, like has this bum knee, whatever. So doesn't even like stop her or is no, she like, she was raring to go. Like she was wow. the one excited to do it. So yeah, she's sticking, you know, she's, she's climbing up ahead of us, sticking pieces into the wall and then setting the route essentially. So then she would get to the top and she actually belayed both of us hmm. from her station, wherever she was at the top. Yeah. And so I can't see her. She can't see me. She's just belaying me off of feel and Michael off of feel. And so I'm like yelling like at her, you know, when she's not taking the rope fast enough, I'm freaking out. I'm like, thank God I went to the gym because otherwise I couldn't do this. So we get up like four or five pitches. We're pretty high up at this point. Uh The trees look like little dots. Ooh. On the ground. Yeah. Um, and then we start seeing these storm clouds come in. And we're like, oh, shit. And we knew we had to get down. Like, we knew we couldn't keep going. We start rappelling down the rock, but the rock is really, like, jagged. We got a rope stuck. And anyways, there was drama that ensued. But yeah. it was pouring down rain at this point. I thought I was going to die on the side of this mountain. Sure. <laughs> And Amy's still chill. She's still cool. She's like, we're going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm talking to you today. So obviously I survived <laughs> it. But yeah, I'm actually sitting here asking myself, <laughs> did they make it? <laughs> and you two, are, two of you are my neighbors. So, like, yeah. But I'm like, do continue. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, there's not much more than that other than me, um, you know, just like, okay, where can I find like a dry spot to sleep? Like, what are we going to have to do? Yeah. Um, But our friends ended up coming out trying to find us. So when we were on our way back, we heard our names like being yelled and which was super sweet that they came out to find us and we got back and all was well, but that was a little outside of my comfort zone, I'd say. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I don't know if I'll be doing any multi-pitch climbs in my future, but- And Michael, maybe- he he can go ahead and do it if he wants, but um, I'm going to sit that one out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you guys met on one of those trips and was that soon after that you guys were going and, and doing um, more trips? September. And that trip was in March of the next year. But mm. yeah, we did some outdoor climbing like in Alabama, I think in um, Kentucky. I can't remember. Yeah all the places, but yeah, around the Southeast. I was going to say, that'd be like a real test of like a relationship communicating on the side of a mountain. Right. Well, then I got mono too. Oh. Of all things. Yeah. So yeah, I was like super sick in the beginning of our relationship too. Um, So yeah, we kind of had, we've actually had a lot of things happen, like a lot of hardships in our relationship, like the flood. um, Which I was going to ask, do we, do we want to talk about that? Oh, we can. Yeah. I mean, okay. Because I know... (laughs) It's it's crazy, you know, like it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um that night was <laughs> Do you remember the wildest it? like it was 2 weeks night. ago cuz it just for me oh, yeah. I'm still yeah. in like that just happened maybe 10 days ago kind of mode. It could have happened 10 days. I it, mean, on the one hand, I'm <laughs> in this like, neighborhood it could have. <laughs> seriously, on the one hand, I'm like 
it felt like an eternity getting the house back in order. So mm. I know it was a while ago. Yeah. But on the other hand, I I can remember everything. It seems like yeah. from that night. Were so, you guys at home? Yeah, we were at home. We were just watching TV. It was a Saturday night, and all of a sudden it was midnight, and we heard someone like laying on their horn. And uh, yeah. Our first reaction was like. What the hell? Yeah. Why, you know, it's midnight. But then we look outside and we realize that there was water like covering the street. We didn't know if it was going to get to the house at that point, but we quickly learned it was getting to the house. Mm -hmm. So water is covering the street. It, you know, starts to move closer to the house. We look behind the house. We we used to have chickens in the back um, and they go into their coop at night. Yeah. And their coop was floating on the water and it was moving and we were like, oh no. But it was so much water at that point, it wasn't safe for us to go outside. So we couldn't save the chickens. Um, Although one did survive. So I can't believe it. Um, She was clinging to a tree when we we got to her in the next day. It's funny looking back because um, on the one hand, we were super smart in some ways and we did some things like really well and then other things we were super naive like we tried to put towels and stuff between the storm door and the door yep thinking that we could like water make our house watertight but the water just started coming up through the hvac vents and through the floors and stuff um like a scene from titanic seriously that's what i felt like so when you guys saw the the water coming in through the vents Mm -hmm. did you stay there did you go we so we were talking to our neighbors across the street, like, what's your plan? They had been calling 911. 911 was not responsive, I guess. Nope. We had our climbing harnesses on. I belayed Michael out the window to get a kayak that was floating in the backyard. He uh, tied the kayak to a tree so that if we needed to get out and just sit in it, I guess. I don't know. We didn't know what to do. We were just trying to do something. Who does in that moment? Yeah. Um, And I have two cats and I didn't want to leave them, but they were freaking out obviously. And they do not like to go in their carriers on a normal day. Mm. So anyway, all that to say, we hear a knock on the door and this guy is attached to another guy in a truck. They're crazy in my opinion for driving down the road in the conditions that it was in, but they, they were there. So a guy in a truck was tied to another guy that was at our front step. And he's like, do you want to come with us right now? And I was like, no, I can't leave my cats. And Michael was like, let's think about the big picture. Like, let's put them, you know, just trying Mm -hmm. to talk some sense into me because it was supposed to rain for five more hours. Yes. Um, So I just put my cats up on like the tallest piece of furniture that we have in the house. Okay. And with crates or no, they just let them free. They would not go in them. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, I think you're smart enough to know to stay here. Mm -hmm. So we left and we ended up staying with our neighbor's mom, um, that night. Uh, and she, you know, gave us clean clothes and some food and I didn't sleep at all, (laughs) but at least I knew we were safe. But, um, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't like wind down from that. No. And it was almost worse, like being away from the house because honestly, it's because of my cats, like I could, yeah. it was hard, you know, I was like, yeah. I, just, I feel like I just left the, 
them to die, you know? Mm. But we got back to the house and they were fine. I mean, they were very shaken up, but they were alive. And we got to work, you know, just taking stuff out. And um, the neighborhood was amazing. And it was so incredible to see all of the support from the city too, like Mm -hmm. the city council people coming out and, you know, people dropping off cleaning supplies and food and like random people dropping off pizza and just giving us money. I mean, I remember somebody driving by and asking us if this was our house and giving us 20 bucks out the window. Like, you know, it was, it was definitely the most vulnerable I've ever felt because I didn't have a home to live in, you Mm. know, like I was at the mercy of my parents who we ended up moving in with for the next four months. And, um, I just, I don't know, it like totally rocked my world because even though I know this happens to people, you know, we've all seen footage of this. Um, just knowing that this natural disaster made me homeless overnight Mm -hmm. was, crazy because I had resources. I have a job that allowed me to take time off. I have a job that, I mean, people at at my work were sending us food, um, you know, during the recovery. Like I have a job with benefits and we had insurance. Like there was just so many things going in our favor. And I know that's not true for so many people that experienced that flood. And it um, was overwhelming because we needed so much help to get out from under that and you know you multiply that by how many people were affected and it's Mm -hmm. like wow you know how it's like inconceivable and then the Waverly flood happened and I'm just like man yeah it hit totally differently um when I saw saw that happen so yeah it was definitely a life-changing event uh, for all of us I think for sure yeah and I'm you know I'm still processing like all of the I don't know, like the societal (laughs) things Mm -hmm. with it, because even though we're in a neighborhood that's more susceptible to flooding, like climate change is going to bring more flooding to more neighborhoods. And so that weighs on me. And then, you know, the real estate prices in Nashville and all of these other cities are getting so crazy that people, it's hard to find affordable rent. It's hard to find affordable housing. And as, places where people can like safely habitate get smaller, like this problem's going to get worse. I don't know. So I go down that road where yeah. I'm just like, man, how, how do we stop this from happening? I don't know the answer, but it definitely like was a huge wake up call. Like, wow, um, this could happen. And yeah. it, it has, you know, could happen to anybody. And yeah, anyway, so there, I have a lot of thoughts about it that, you know, percolate randomly, but I am really grateful that, you know, I think everyone in the neighborhood that I've talked to anyway, like is okay and doing mm-hmm. okay. And we really banded together, which was really awesome yeah. um, to see. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know for me, I even catch myself watching movies that I have always enjoyed. And if there is any kind of damage or like even an action movie, you know, something silly like Mm -hmm. the Avengers. And now I'm sitting there just going like, that's so traumatic. That's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when when you have your car smashed by the Hulk or whatever, you know, like all, and it's hard to kind of separate the two, you know? And then there's definitely been days where I'm like, oh, I want to listen to metal music and just like, you know, 
the world is cold <laughs> and my, my veins are icing over, you know, but <laughs> yeah, like I think if anything, 2020 was a hit pause year for me. And then 2021, my experiences this year have just, they more so humbled me, mm. you know, like I think maybe you kind of touched on this a little bit. It kind of feels like life is a little bit more fragile mm-hmm. than I ever gave it credit for. It feels like, oh, like I could actually lose this home or my loved one or, you know, even thinking about loved ones far away. It's like, I have to manage those feelings of like all the what ifs and just come back to like, no, like you're here, <laughs> you survived. And, you know, thankfully, at least people that we knew, you know, I, I know that it was within a half a mile of where we live or what, like five, six people passed away that yeah. night. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty heavy. It is heavy. And I think that what you just said is so true. Like, how does it impact you afterward? Because on the one hand, I have this renewed gratitude and like desire to not take anything for granted, Mm -hmm. you know, because you know that it's so ephemeral and and could go away. But on the other hand, like I'm also finding that I'm like clinging to things more because Mm. it's like, oh, well, I need more in my savings account now and I need more, Mm. you know, because like I need to be prepared for something bad. I'm trying to lean into like, the the former where I'm not taking things for granted and I'm trying mm-hmm. to really experience life and realize that, you know, this is all we have and we have no control over whether a flood's going to happen or a tornado or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a pandemic. I mean, look yeah. at how many examples we have, right? Like the tornado in Nashville happened only a few weeks before most of us were sent home to work because of the pandemic. Yeah, for me, it was days. Yeah, and and then the flood, like back-to-back examples of things that you have no control over mm-hmm. and all you have control over is how you respond to it. So that's what I'm working on, but I also recognize I'm human and, you know, I'm not gonna do it perfectly, but it, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I have to consciously remind myself like, okay, you're doing this out of fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing this because, you know, you're focusing on this thing because you're worried it's going to go away or, you know, that scarcity mindset, I guess. Yeah. It also has helped with the gratitude piece for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you say that you're, you're working on that, like is, are, are you working on that in, in, in therapy or, or how, how does, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I, um. So, Therapy, yes. I'm okay. a big fan of therapy. I don't know if I'm working on that. Mm, I probably am. Like not explicitly there, okay. but I think the place that I work on it the most is I go to this meditation center in Nashville. Oh, cool. It's called Wild Heart Meditation Center. Highly recommend. It is a Buddhist meditation center. East Nashville? Yes. I believe I know someone who has attended yeah? there. I, um, my friend, Catherine. It recommended it, so, okay. but do continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've heard good things. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I started, I had heard about it. So I, I used to teach yoga. I don't really teach it anymore after okay. the flood. 
that crew of people kind of like told me about it. I never made it in person before the pandemic, but I actually got really involved during the pandemic. I went to their like Zoom sessions and went to through one of their classes. I didn't go during the flood recovery stuff. And so I've been going in person for the first time, probably for the last two months I've mm. been going. How it goes is you do like a 30 minute meditation and then there's a talk on some Buddhist concept and then, you know, people can hang out, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like Buddhism is all about um, suffering and how to yeah. get through suffering and how to like get through it by sitting with like the hard things and letting, like feeling them, but also recognizing like everything's impermanent. And um, so like enjoy what you have now and, that's been really helping because the facilitators are amazing and they just, it feels like they're always talking about something that's exactly what I need, yeah. you know, in that moment. Good. So yeah, like meditating and also just trying to like today I went on a bike ride during lunchtime, you know, trying to get outside and like move my body and be outside because yeah. working from home all day, every day, like it can get, kind of depressing if you don't go outside and don't, you know, yeah. do, switch it up. You see the same four walls. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to like build better habits to like, you know, not looking at my phone as much and like saying yes to social plans and, you know, just getting out of the house. And I don't know if that's answering your question, but that's, that's kind of how I'm yeah. trying to lean into like the, try to live for today and live my best, you yeah. know, life kind of thing. I, that's great. It's your answer. And, and, you know, that's helping you, it sounds like. And, and you have found a lot of peace doing that, you know, exercise yeah. or, or is it considered an exercise or um, doing Meditation? that? Meditation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it's called a practice. Practice. That's yeah. the word. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I was... <laughs> Swapping my words around there. Um, are yoga and Buddhism are they linked at all? Um, a, not not exactly. Like they come from the same part of the world. Sure. Um, but no, like yoga. I'm gonna screw this up. I'm not. It's a, the best person yeah. to ask this question. It of, seems like there's like crossovers as yeah, far yeah, as yeah, like meditation sure. like and centering. A lot of people and, like both of them. Yeah, but yeah. Buddhism, you know, came from the Buddha and mm -hmm. came from his teachings and stuff. So it's more like a religion, I guess. But yoga is, you know, there are eight limbs of yoga. One of them is asana, which is what we have in the West mm. for the most part or what most of us know yoga as, which is the movement part. Mm. But meditation is part of yoga as well. And there's other stuff. But yeah, they kind of have similar philosophies or similar tenets yeah. to them. Okay. I remember the first time, so being from the Midwest, <laughs> you just grow up around a lot of square people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also from the Midwest. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'll never forget going to, there's a, a chain of grocery stores out of St. Louis that we have in Indiana called Schnucks. Okay. And maybe it was even pre-Schnucks. There was, we also had IGAs for grocery oh, yeah. stores. We didn't have those, but I, I'm aware. Okay. So I'll never forget being introduced to yoga on a magazine in the checkout aisle. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman with a shaved head and then a man with like what we would now call a man bun. And this was like, 
early nineties. Uh-huh. And they were, you know, they had, you know, kind of ballerina looking clothes mm-hmm. in my mind. And I just remember being like, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I still think back on that because I'm like, I don't think it's weird at all. Like I, you know, obviously of like 30 years later, like, you know, I've done some growing, but like coming from the Midwest, I didn't grow up in California. I didn't grow up near a coast. Like you said, <laughs> there were so many things that got introduced through either MTV or like finally when the internet came around. But like until then you heavily relied on what you saw at the market. And there are some places that were owned by like maybe someone conservative or Christian. And like, so they wouldn't even allow like a Rolling Stone magazine to be in their market. Um, So yeah, I always think back to that and just laugh because it's just like, that was, that was the first memory I have. And it was just like this, big word across the magazine, like yoga. (laughs) (laughs) I can still see it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember my dad, he was like, what is this fad all about? And same with, same thing with sushi. Like he didn't get it. He didn't get why everyone (laughs) was into sushi. And I was like, dad, you know that this is a food that they eat in Japan and other countries. Like this is not a fad. It's just (laughs) that we don't eat it in Duluth, Minnesota. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they didn't have a sushi restaurant there until after I moved away for college. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a mingling of cultures up there. What's it like? I've never been Um, to Minnesota. Okay. Well, Duluth, Minnesota is on Lake Superior. Okay. So we have that going for us. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's kind of hilly. It's this, I don't know, it's like 90,000 people. Hmm. It's a port town. So you got like the massive ships coming in, which is cool. Yeah. Um, We have a bridge that actually like lifts up and down. It's called an aerial lift bridge. So it's like really iconic looking. Yeah. What else? It's hard to say because I I grew up there, but I left when I was 18. So, you know, I was very much in like my church youth group and Mm -hmm. my school environment, but I wasn't like exploring the city and really understanding it um, all that much. Um, With the port being there? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some of that. Duluth Trading Company, if you know of that. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's from Duluth. It's not in Duluth anymore. I guess it's in Wisconsin, like the headquarters, but it started in Duluth. So that's where that's from. And yeah, so you got like the blue collar workers, Mm -hmm. but you also have like pretty good healthcare. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. You mentioned going to youth group were your parents religious? Yeah, I grew up Christian, grew up like Lutheran, which is I think pretty Midwestern. Mm -hmm. Part of youth group. Lutheran neighbors, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 So Um, you, you did... Confirmation oh, yeah. as well. Confirmation, the whole thing. I was really into it. Yeah. And then I moved to Minneapolis for college. So like found a church there that was non-denominational mm-hmm. and like was really into social justice things in the city. And I was really into, I still am really into that. So I really identified with that. Um, mm-hmm. And then moved to Nashville in 2012 and mm-hmm. had a really hard time. I mean, they were like, more churches per capita probably here oh, yeah. than in Minnesota, but there's like two on the other side of our like yeah we yeah. can walk to two of them if we wanted to from our houses yeah they're everywhere <laughs> um, yeah but yeah. I just Bible was, Belt <laughs> yes but it was it was hard for me to really like I mean I I went to some and um, they were okay but I never felt the same connection as sure. I did to the one in Minneapolis. And then I kind of had a 
Um, I mean, I think I've always had like a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like a weird relationship maybe, or a, a contentious relationship with Christianity hmm. because I'm pretty analytical and logical and like, I don't know. And so some of the stuff was hard for me to buy into, but I do, I am kind of, I'm, I am a pretty spiritual person. Yeah. Like I think there's something bigger than us. I believe in energy. I believe in, um, I don't know what's out there really. Like, I don't know. There could be a God that interacts with our lives or it could be something totally different. I've personally in the last like five years have found beneficial pieces from many different religions, Buddhism, Christianity, like Hinduism, you know, I've I've just tried to like open up because in when I was younger, like you didn't study anything else. No. Like, like you said, like the church didn't want to have the yoga thing um, or like somebody, a Christian shop owner didn't want to have the yoga thing there, you know, because it was like, anti-Christian or something like that. But I, I, I feel like at the heart of it, a lot of religions are saying the same thing mm-hmm. and it's just which method works best for you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I went through a divorce in 2017, 2018 mm. time. And um, it was really difficult for me. It was a really emotional thing. And I leaned on God, like the Christian God mm-hmm. that I knew, but I realized over time that I was actually allowing, I was allowing um, my Christian belief to kind of keep me in a victim mentality in a weird way. Like Mm. I was wanting God to save me. And I was like in denial that this hard thing was happening to me. And I was just like, and, and because marriage is so like such a sacrament or I don't know what the word, like a precious thing. Yeah. Um, It's one of the sacraments and and depending on like, if you're in a, I guess more of a Catholic background. So I guess maybe that overlaps to the Lutheran church a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so because that was such a, you know, sacrament in the church, a lot of people were like, oh, God will redeem this. God mm-hmm. will, you know, and I realized that I wasn't moving forward um, mm-hmm. because of it. I, I wasn't moving forward. I was praying for something and not accepting my reality. So um, I happened to find Buddhism on a hiking on a hiking trip, actually, with a friend. She introduced me to Buddhism and a teacher, Ramdas is his name. Uh-huh. And yeah, and so I started listening to that, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm not saying that Christianity like doesn't speak to to me in some ways, and and that it can't speak differently to other people because sure. I think we all get different things." But Buddhism was like listen, life is suffering. You're going through something hard. How do we move through it? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we accept it and not be in denial about it? And how do we like get past it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that truly like saved me in a way, you know? Um, And you weren't drugged. You're not like sworn some secrecy to this new belief system, you know? like Right, yeah. I, I grew up in a Baptist church and to some degree, you know, you were taught that everything that is outside of your circle is evil, mm-hmm. even like other church denominations. Like you don't consider what they would teach because it's going to lead you so far astray. away. Astray, yeah, <laughs> such a church word. 
astray. I almost said it. <laughs> you still said it. <laughs> to yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I always laugh when people find something on their own terms and they truly have a moment to discern, like, is this for me? Or, or soberly think, you know, and when I say sober, like, I mean, sober of like any kind of influence or emotions, you know, like you have, you, you come to that point where you're like, I'm going to consider something else. Yeah. You know, and, and I just think that it's funny be, in a, in a weird way. Cause it's like, I was taught that you're always seduced into other things or you're always going to be like lured in, you know, and that's not, that's not how it works. You know, <laughs> 90% of the time I just see where it's like, people have like, you had like a conversation, probably a simple introduction of like, have you considered this? Or like, well, here's something I'm chewing on. I have no idea what it looked like, but like, it's just so refreshing and comforting to hear that like you had that come to you when you obviously needed it. Yeah. That's a very intimate thing to go through. I've been there that going through something like that is just so there's really nothing else like it. Yeah. It, in the same way that parents don't like it when, you know, someone says like, well, I own a dog. It's like being a parent, you know, <laughs> going through just a breakup is not the same as going through a divorce, especially in our culture and society, even in, in you know, like very Western American, it's, it's driven by a lot of church values, whether we, we like it or not, mm -hmm. I feel like. And to go through something like that is, is, it can be very hard in ways that I still don't even know how to describe, you know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of an indescribable experience in a lot of ways. It'll break you down, you know? Yeah. And I don't mean that like you're broken and, and mopey, but it'll, it'll kind of just like, if you allow an experience like that, to be good, I think one of the positives is that you can like really kind of get analytical about like, who am I? Why do I do what I do? Mm -hmm. How did I get here? What is it about me that maybe should change or grow or what are, what are my goals? You know, just asking all these like questions because what it does is, and maybe it was completely different from you, but for me, you just kind of hit pause and you're like, hang on. Okay, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and you, you just until you figure it out, you know. Like it's just for me. Like it, you know, it's different for everyone, but it just was a lot of taking time, one day at a time, one hour, one minute at a time. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I feel like you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been it's through like, it? Did I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Now I know that you've actually been through it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, it's, it was totally a coming of age moment for mm. me. Um, so I hope that I learned from it. I think I've learned from it. I've convinced myself I've learned from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I do think that I'm a more mature person now than I was then. Sure. Yeah. So your parents, are they from... Duluth originally, or did they land in Duluth? Yeah, they <laughs> through the port. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, they, my mom is from Minneapolis, St. Paul area, went to college in Duluth, met my dad. Um, he had kind of moved around a little bit before that, but, um, yeah. yeah. So they met in Duluth, they raised me in Duluth and then they moved to Nashville. Like I want to say 2018 ish, hmm. Okay, uh, 2017. I don't know. I can't remember. So they're nearby. Yeah. They're in Mount Juliet. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so they're in a 55 plus community and they love it. It's like, it's like college without the school. Like uh-huh. you've got the clubs and the parades and the, you know, they're, they're always doing stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice having them close by. And it's also nice that they enjoy it and have friends and we're all, you know, sick of the snow and couldn't go back to it probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard many people say like once they've left, Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'm just like, do you miss the snow? And everyone all across the board is like, no, <laughs> not no. at all. <laughs> I mean, that snow that we got in Nashville this year though was uh-huh. pretty fun. That was, yeah, that was a good one. Like like getting a full week of snow mm-hmm. where we could go sledding and like build stuff in the snow, like snow angels and whatever. Like that was fun. I, I'd be down to have one week of snow in Nashville each year, but oh, yeah. I don't need more than that. Yeah. And for me, like I enjoy snow. What I don't miss or enjoy is the ice, which we don't really yeah. get here either because it's so rainy and humid, mm-hmm. thankfully. But like there have been many times I've left my hometown just two hours north of here where it's like covered in ice. You get halfway through Kentucky and all of a sudden it's like everything thaws out and just Nashville is all rain. Everyone's still driving like jackasses trying to get to Nissan Stadium <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But like up north, like everyone is, you know, locked inside with like a sleet. So like that first night of that snowstorm we got, there was some sleet. I don't know if yeah. you remember that, but it was like kind of pedal or, pick, you know, what's the word? It, uh, it was just hitting the, the house in that way that only sleet yeah, make that yep. sound. <laughs> and I, I noticed on, I think it was your art Instagram page, your mom, like she seems to be pretty influential for you. Yeah, like you yeah. guys seem close. Yeah, we are close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she is a watercolor artist and my grandmother was a watercolor artist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get to meet my grandma. I mean, I did, I guess, because I was two when she passed. Mm. Um, but I don't remember her. Although my first memory was of her funeral. So that must have, uh. it must have felt like a, you know, a thing. Cause I guess you don't remember stuff before three or so, unless it was like really pivotal. Yeah. Um, so I do remember her funeral a little bit, but she... From she lives on like through her art. We all have at least one picture of her of mm. hers in our um, homes. So I've kind of learned about her through my family. But she was, from what I understand, she was like a very independent woman. She, you know, would go camping by herself, um, wow. and she would, you know, get involved in like the modern dance community, the gay community. Like she was just like you know, breaking all the stereotypes um, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, she was painting. She went in her later years, 
I guess she went to Spain and like did an artist residency thing or some wow. kind of thing. Um, I didn't know about that until recently when I saw one of those paintings that she did at that artist thing um, at my aunt's house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like the story of her is kind of like unraveling mm -hmm. um, as I talk to different family members. But yeah, she seems like a totally awesome person and um, her art is amazing. Like I could never, I, I feel like if I could be even close to as good as her, that would be incredible. But my mom also is an, an artist. So she kind of taught me like how to make a horizon line and point of view and different things when I was younger, but I wasn't like, she's really surprised that I paint and draw now because yeah. I did it. Like I, you know, I, I did it with her and I've always kind of done art throughout the years. I, I don't know what happened really. Like I asked her, I'd never done watercolor before. And I asked her, my mom, to get me a watercolor set for Christmas because she wanted to know what I wanted for Christmas. And so she did. And it sat in my closet for two years. And then one day I was like, I want to try that, mm. you know? And I fell in love with it and I decided to make it a priority. So I set out Monday nights for art. And all my friends knew it, so they didn't invite me to stuff on Mondays. <laughs> and, you know, and so that started at the end of 2019 was when I started, like, actually committing the time to it. Not that, I mean, I, I was enjoying it enough to, like, want to do it, but you know how life goes. Like, yeah, you know, you make plans and then all of a sudden the week's gone. And so I was like, no, I'm going to set aside time. <laughs> what are you time. talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. never happens. <laughs> and like Mondays are great because you start something on Monday and then all uh -huh. of a sudden you're like doing more on it on Tuesday and Wednesday, it like kind of sets yeah. off your week. So, um, so yeah, I did that up until the flood and then my schedule got totally screwed up. So I've just now started getting back into it. Well, take us there. Like when, when you are working on a piece? Do you make it up in the moment? Walk us into that room. What does that yeah. room look like? Is it, is it quiet? Is there music? What's that look like for you? That's a good question. Um, so I'm going to answer your question in a roundabout way. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have been doing some commissions because when the pandemic hit, I was like, how can I help? You know, I hmm. think all of us felt helpless. So I put out a call to people and I said, Hey, I'll do like a small painting. If, if you donate, you know, 25, 30 bucks to a small business or to somebody that needs it right now. So I did a lot of that last year. And that obviously was like the, the subject of the painting was dictated by the person asking for the painting. Mm. I think because I opened up the commission world, you know, or like people knew in my life knew um, that I'd be open to it. I have a few more commissions that I'm do working on now. Honestly, like a lot of the things I've been painting lately have been dictated by other people. Obviously, I can choose how to interpret it. I can choose how to you know, paint the thing and draw the thing. Mm. But before that, I was doing whatever I wanted. You know, mm -hmm. I was able to paint whatever I wanted and I am really excited to be done. I love all the people who have asked me to do commissions <laughs> and it is special in a different way. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like because I've never been paid to go write a song for someone. 
you know, like no one's ever <laughs> come true. up to me and be like, Hey, like, I love my girlfriend. Can like you write a song about me and my girlfriend, you know, like that would. People would pay to do that though. Well, I, I'm sure like, they would, but like, yeah. you know, I I guess it's just, there's an extra added layer of being intentional with that time and producing something that you hope they like. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And that's the thing is like, I'm such a little baby artist that I realized that I was I was really sticking to what I knew when I was doing those commissions or and when I do any commission now, like I wasn't gonna try a different, you know, technique or I mean, I guess I have tried a little bit of new things, but like I wasn't gonna just play and let it look like shit at the end. Like I wanted it to look good and so I stuck to what I knew. And so even though I do feel like I've grown as an artist in the last year, as far as technique goes, I don't know that I've grown as an artist in like my creativity and, you know, like messing around with mixed media and different things that I haven't tried before. And so I'm really excited to start doing more of that now. Um, What's mixed media? Sorry. Mixed media is like if you, um, so a watercolor painting mm-hmm. would just be watercolor. Okay. If you did mixed media, you could like throw some oil paint in there or maybe like put um, a collage or, you know, a different, like a random, uh, like a string. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like you can use whatever. Okay. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to derail, no, 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 but. No, no. Um, it could even be like a mix of digital and, oh. you know, you know, it could be whatever you want it to be, yeah. I guess, as long as it's two different kinds of mediums okay. um, or more than two or more than one, sorry. Um, so yeah, I just kind of want to get more, I want to do my own art now, you mm-hmm. know, it's fun to do stuff for other people, but I want to make more time to just do what I want to do. And what I did before the commissions was, I mean, I was just like starting out, but like one of the things I did was a beat, painting because um I never liked beets and then What's like that? the vegetable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like the cool. root. Um yeah. and and I like never liked beets. I would not try them. And then Michael made this mm. beet dish and I was like, oh my gosh, you took all this time to make this. I guess I'll try it. And it was so good. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna paint a beet and I like used beet juice to paint it. And like it was so fun because I was just like you know, doing whatever I wanted Mm -hmm. with it. I would take pictures of like random moments um, and paint that. Mm. So I think when I was doing my own art for myself, I was kind of seeing the world differently. Mm. Like I was interacting like, oh my gosh, like this is so beautiful. Like I want to represent this in a way or, you know, so I was just seeing the world like, I hate to, this sounds really cheesy, but like through an artist's eyes. Yeah. Um, And I was going on, I don't know if you know of um, the Artist Way by yes, I think Julie Cameron. I think something like that. That that is this book. Really, I need to sit down with it because you are the third person, maybe the fourth person, who has recommended that in like it's really the good. last few years. And <laughs> I haven't made it through the whole thing. Just being honest, yeah, because it's like a program. Like every yeah. every chapter's a week. I haven't made it through the whole thing, but I feel like it doesn't even matter yeah. because it's still like the principles and stuff sure. have stuck with me. Yeah. And for you, it. Yeah. For me. So she is a big proponent. She, her system uh-huh. is write 
three pages in the morning. They're called morning pages. Yes. And go on an artist date every week. Um, mm. And I think there's some other stuff. She has like questions and different things at the end of each week to do in addition to that. But yeah, the artist date was awesome. Like mm. I would just walk around our neighborhood and like notice people's funky um, mailboxes and notice like a little strawberry growing in the ground and like just notice things that I wouldn't normally notice. Mm. Um, because I was on an artist date. So I was looking, or maybe I would go to the art museum or, you know, it was like permission to do something just for me and just to like see if creative inspiration would strike. So yeah, I, I really liked, liked her book and we'll probably do it again. It's Mm. something that you can do multiple times or at least try to finish the whole thing (laughs) at some point. But yeah, I think that sometimes I put, too much pressure on myself to make art that has this really big meaning to it, you mm. know, like, yeah. cause I have a lot of things I care about and I'm like, oh, I don't want to just, now that I have this art Instagram account, like I don't want to just put something out there that doesn't mean something, you know? <laughs> and part of me is like, Preach why to did the I choir. Even, yeah, I'm like, why did I even Creatives, make this Instagram man. account? Like, I know. <laughs> I should just make something for myself, right? As soon like, as you know someone else is going to look at it, it's uh, just like it sucks all of the energy out I of the know, room. And you're like, I know. And <laughs> yeah, like I, I started it just as an accountability tool, honestly. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, like if I have to post something, like I'm going to do it just to create the habit. And then after that, I'm like, oh my God, I've created a monster. Like <laughs> this is <laughs> like, I just want to be painting stuff and getting in the flow and like trying new things. I have a friend who paints and she, she and I were like, how do artists collaborate? Like musicians, it's super straightforward. Like you uh-huh. jam together or you write a song together or I'm saying this as if I know if it's easy or not. I don't know. Maybe it's not that easy, it, but. It depends. You know, it's just like <laughs> making friends in a neighborhood, you know? Would you invite every neighbor over into your backyard to have a barbecue with? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, so you chances, don't find your people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when you find your people. It takes a little bit of work. You can, yeah, you can jam, you can whatever. But I'm like, what do artists do? Like just sit in the same room and paint? Like <laughs> You're bringing up a good point because my niece is an artist. She goes to, I mean, I always fuck this up. She goes to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay. So like sounds fancy. Yeah. She's been in Chicago for the last four years. And you know, like anytime I think about like her stuff, or your stuff, like I just think about like it's it's all like I it's very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe the the collaboration would be at an art show. Would that be like a concert where everyone uh, yeah, I guess. comes together and like yeah, you've got like the openers, you know, yeah. in the front. And then you've got like the- <laughs> The ones where you're like, headliner. we'll tease, but like this isn't yeah. our favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um. not the centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were, you know, kind of thinking about that. And I was like, well, what if I draw something and you draw something and we like switch and then you can paint my drawing and I can paint your drawing. Mm. And I haven't held up my end of the deal. I haven't drawn <laughs> something for her yet, but she drew something for me. I need to do it. This is my public announcement that I will draw something for my friend. Autumn, I will draw something for you. Um, but she drew something for me. And the other day 
when I was sitting down to paint, I was like, I don't know what to paint. I don't want to paint a commission right now. Like I want to do something for myself. And I was like, I'm going to paint that drawing because I didn't have to think about it, you know? And I, and instead I was free to like, to use acrylic, which I, so I painted these, this drawing with a palette knife and acrylic and that's it. Mm. And, and I limited myself to four colors. So I didn't do the drawing. So like the barrier to entry was what, what's the phrase barrier to entry was less. Oh, this I don't is know. new to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's not a common phrase. No, you're, um, <laughs> the barrier to entry was lower. There we lower. go. Oh, lower. Yes. Now, that sounds okay. right. now I get it. Um, I didn't read a lot. Um, <laughs> I just pretty much like, yeah, you once didn't I, even read Dune. I didn't even read Dune, man. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I was homeschooled and punk rock. <laughs> so Homeschool like, punk rock. Nice. Yeah. Like I just didn't do anything but play music all the time. So. <laughs> Really is working against me now because I'm like, you know, trying to figure out how to math and write eloquently, eloquently for, <laughs> you know, the podcast or whatever. And it's just kind of like, man, I'm checking my grammar all the time. What do you want to math for? Math? Yeah, because What do I, I want to math for? Yeah, because <laughs> I can help like, you with math. Um, I mean... Do, you, do we really want to go there? We don't have to, um, but I'm just saying. It's, I it's primarily my budget and ah, ah, okay, okay, okay. And trying to figure out like, you know, premiums on insurance and stuff like that. Yeah, it's maybe not we don't like, want to go there. It's not like I'm walking in and, and looking at a room and trying to do, um, you know, some sort of, what, what would this be if we were trying to like measure the square footage and all that? I'm not trying to do like geometry or whatever, you know, just, well, just basic like, how can I save money? <laughs> Kind of math. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I'm in that same boat. <laughs> so the barrier to entry was lower. So it felt like it was easier to try something totally new maybe. And I was like, I'm creating something that mm -hmm. like she started. And now I'm adding to, it was cool. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if like that's how you collaborate with other artists or not. Sure. But we're just kind of trying to find different ways. And because I want to get connected to more artists in mm -hmm. town and, you know, cause I think that being around creative people and people doing similar things to you is fun. And I just got uh, an easel so nice. I can paint outside. Nice. So, you know, maybe that's another way. Is it like a portable one or is it a bigger one that you would have to like? It's a portable one. So you can like, cool. it's, it's made for outdoors. You can like, you know, make it smaller and throw, throw it in your, your backpack. backpack. Yeah. And yeah. So I just got that. And of course it's super dark out by the time I'm done with work. So sure. I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to pull it out, but that's the next step is just trying to do more art that comes out of my brain mm -hmm. um, and hang out with other artists. I'm just curious, like with your grandmother or your mom, well, I guess, you know, your grandmother passed when you were young. So do you know if she kept a journal? Do you know if oh like any of her friends talked or even your mom talked about like going through similar struggles however many years ago, mm -hmm. you know, about being inspired or like cutting out time? Like, because I think there is a, at least something that I'm learning right now is like, it can be easy to glorify the past and be like, oh, they had it easy. They didn't mm -hmm. have the demands of, social media, you know, all this 
time wasting stuff, you know, but like people were busy 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago with whatever they were doing and into. So I'm just curious, like, have you talked to your mom or anyone in your family about like- How they make getting, time? Yeah, or like getting out of a creative rut? Yeah, um, I, I feel like I would have heard if there was a journal at this point, but I am gonna ask because that would be amazing yeah. to read. So I don't know about my grandma, but my mom- she does art for fun for the most part. Mm. Um, so I don't know that she's ever felt like a need to get out of a rut if she's in one. She just kind of accepts it. Mm. And, you know, she's like, it'll hit, you know, inspirational <laughs> hit. Although she is, she did start taking a class um, in her retirement community. And her teacher, I actually took some one-on-one um, -on -one lessons with him over the pandemic. And that was so fun. Oh, um, cool. To, yeah, because he was just like a sweet guy. Yeah. Um, and he helped me just to learn some of the techniques because I didn't go to art school. I didn't even take an art class in high school. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, my mom is taking that class with him. So, yeah, I think that, you know, that, that has helped. But I think she's just cool with it. If there's not any inspiration happening, she doesn't yeah. paint. She has a lot of other hobbies. And then if there is, she she does. I told her, I was like, Hey mom, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a little like farmer's market, yeah. like art thing or like an art, I don't know, some kind of art thing together. She she doesn't seem super stoked about it. She <laughs> she felt like that would be too much pressure. <laughs> it, it's so unique though that like, you know, you're third generation watercolor yeah. artist. Watercolorist. I think that's probably unique. Watercolor right? artist, yeah. And so you know, like, I'm just curious, like, if you were to put three paintings up of all three of you, could you find something that all three of you have done where you're like, oh, I can connect the dots and see that, like, mm. we're family? Is That's a really good question. Yeah. We should um, do that. We should. <laughs> Get back to me. We should <laughs> The do next that. time you're I mean, on, I want to report. I, I feel like my grandma's always going to be the best one, but. Yeah, um, she was that good? I for real think she was that good. I can show you some pictures in a minute, but... I'd love to see it. Maybe I'm biased, but I really do think that she was that good. Yeah. Um, I, it sounds like, I mean, you described her experiences in life, like, you know, and, and the things that she was interested in or the places she was going. And it sounds like she, you know, covered a lot of ground. She and did. Did yeah. a lot of different things for even her time. Yeah, like she, my mom did say she was kind of irritated at, where women's rights was at that point, you know, like mm. I think she probably knew that her options in life were somewhat limited as mm. a woman, but she took all of the opportunities that she could to to do the things that she wanted. You know, she was a stay-at-home mom, but she didn't she wasn't afraid to like do her funky modern dance in the front of the bay window <laughs> for everyone to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so in, in Duluth she was in uh, the Twin Cities, so Twin Minneapolis, St. Paul, but still Midwest. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same. Yeah. Which um, I wanted to ask, you know, since you lived there in the Twin Cities, is that, I mean, it's, it's been on the news over the last year and a half for, for not great reasons. What was that experience? Did that help shape you as an artist as well, living in, I'm assuming, a much more diverse area than Duluth? Yeah, yeah, it was 
much more diverse. And I went to the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities, which is um, the biggest school in the state. And so I met a lot of different people from mm. a lot of different backgrounds. My first career was actually a teacher. I was a math teacher, high school math teacher. That's why you offered. <laughs> That's why I offered. Well, I, was, I, I was a little thrown off, with, like, <laughs> but I'm still a little thrown off. Like you just said, we've been talking about you as an artist. And so you use both sides of your brain pretty well. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Are you human? Lately. Are you real? <laughs> Absolutely. You enjoy art and do you enjoy math? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I'm a software engineer now, so it's not super, super mathy, but yeah. it is kind of mathy at the same time. I definitely use the left side of my brain during the day, mm -hmm. but I try, like I would go crazy if that, if I was in that all the time. Like I know some mm -hmm. people who, um, are, you know, using, the left side of their brain at work and just, that's all of their hobbies as well. Yeah. Like I think that's why I lean into the artistic side outside of work because um, I just like need a palate cleanser in a way. Mm -hmm. I do like what I do at my work and I try to be creative as well in what I do um, at my day job. But, but yeah, I'm like, I don't want to look at numbers anymore. Like I don't want <laughs> Yeah. Isn't there, aren't there, haven't they done studies? Like if you're into music, you're this, the part of your brain that like tends to be good at math or helps you with math is bigger. And they've had a lot of con like hmm. um, studies that show that people who are musical like tend to be better at math. And um, I don't know if that's true of other arts, but. Maybe um, I just didn't have a good teacher that like spoke to matters. my learning. Yeah. You know, the way, the way that I intake things. Cause yeah. I, I also am a very anxious test taker. And on top of like, I didn't know that I was dealing with anxiety until about six years ago. And oh, wow. having that unlocked and opening that one up, it was just like, oh, this explains. Yeah, you're like, this is why I am the way I am. Yeah, like it explains college. It explains all the stressors that I had even coming out of high school. Yeah, I think maybe had I had some help with the anxiety slash maybe someone who recognized maybe how I needed to be taught mm -hmm. that I could have latched on a little bit more. I've been scratching that itch a little bit over the last few months. I'm like, I would like to carve out some time. So maybe I will hit you up. Hit me up. And I'm a delayed, I also have a delayed response to things. So I'm, I'm still processing <laughs> things it's that all good. I'm listening. I'm present, I promise. No, I, I, I'm aware. <laughs> it was out of left field. I'm yeah. just going to say yeah. for, for me to be like, wait, what do you want to math about? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Like, I, I don't know that I, maybe my brain is bigger on one side because of like, I'm a drummer and that requires a lot of math, but then it's like, I look at the things that I do, I do the same repetitive thing. So I don't know that I've really expanded my knowledge of the, the math and music. Um, wow. On that thought though, <laughs> before I forget, back to you, cause you're the guest. Um, you also have done some really cool music stuff when you were a kid, which oh my came up out of the blue at brunch <laughs> a few weeks back. You're a metalhead at heart. I am. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. We bonded over Metallica. Mm -hmm. We were talking about music and rock and roll at brunch and somehow Metallica came up and then you were like, oh, actually, yeah, uh, 
when I was in what middle school or high school, you high wrote school. out the sheet music for your high school orchestra band. Yeah. To do not one of the easiest songs <laughs> because I mean, I'll let you tell it, but like yeah. you did No Leaf Clover, which if anyone knows anything about Metallica, like that is a song written for orchestral music. And then you said that you charted it out. Yeah. On your yeah. Own. So I was in orchestra in high school. I played the violin and I was actually in two orchestras a day. Like I was in um, like a higher orchestra in the morning and then like the concert orchestra later. So I had a lot of orchestra um, in my life in high school and we did a pop concert every year, mm-hmm. like the band, orchestra, choir, all of us. And it was at like the big arena in Duluth. Um, and we would play like popular songs, right? Yeah. So the higher orchestra was called Chamber Orchestra. We would always, it was a smaller orchestra. So we would like incorporate choreography sometimes, which is really hard. Like doing choreography while you're playing and while you're playing violin is difficult. What are you talking about? Um, That sounds really easy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so we were, we were basically the reason I bring that up is because they were open to like getting weird. I watched the Metallica S&M where they performed with the orchestra. I watched that video Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with No Leaf Clover. I was like, that's badass. I love that song. Yes. And I asked my orchestra teacher, I was like, hey, can we play this song? And this was before the internet was really, I mean, dial-up was happening, but Uh, like- About what year is this? This was like 2006. Yeah, so like pre-Google owning YouTube. Yeah, yeah. MySpace is just- yeah, like maybe Kazaa was a thing or something. Kazaa. Maybe yeah. like LimeWire, Kazaa. That, yep. that was what was happening. Right. And maybe I could have found sheet music somewhere. Uh-huh. But I wasn't... Apparently, my resourcefulness did not go in that direction. It went into <laughs> listening over and over and over to that song and making a part for all of the... For the violin, viola, cello, and bass players. And I did it with my friend Tom... Shout out to Tom. He was on that orchestra with me. And um, we had this software where you could chart out the notes and everything. And Mm. we spent, I don't know how long doing this, but we got it. And uh, we printed it out and we played it at the pop concert. We had a guitar soloist and it was awesome. That's amazing. So, I mean, who knows if if social media had been around and it was on the internet, maybe it wasn't as awesome as I remember, or maybe I wouldn't have done it at all. Maybe it would have been like, ah, I'm too nervous about this being recorded. Yeah. But at the same time, like we've also gotten so used to performing that like we're like, even the person who doesn't even know how to play a fucking guitar is super critical of guitar players now or drummers. It's like, there's got to be a show or performance aspect. And you know, I look back at stuff that I was doing around that time and it's not great, but it also is because it's like you're in the moment and you're enjoying it. Totally. You put the work into it. You hung out with your friend and you were like, can you hear that part? Can you hear that? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I mean, I just think back and I'm like, 
I just did it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't let someone else tell me no. I don't know. Like I, I, I look back at that time in my life and I know I was a kid. I didn't have to worry about money. I did you know, there were so many things I didn't have to worry about at that yeah. point. Life hadn't beaten me down yet, but yeah, sometimes I have to remind myself of those moments and just say like, you didn't let anyone tell you no then. Like, why are you letting, why are you letting other people's opinions dictate what you're doing now? Or, Hmm. you know, um, in some ways I feel like I've regressed in that area (laughs) of life. Um, I don't know. I think I just maybe am more cautious, um, maybe care a little bit more about, um, rejection or failure maybe. Mm. Um, and yeah, it could just be that life, you know, it sucks to be rejected. It sucks to fail. It's sometimes, you know, it, it, um, I think life, like the hard things of life, um, have, have happened. And, um, and so, it's good to remind myself, like I have this in me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I can be this again. Like I can dream big and I can do ridiculous things, um, that I'm not qualified to do. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, like bringing that spirit back. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And what's a piece of paper qualifying you to do something? What is that anyways? You know, I, I, (laughs) I wanted to make a joke and it's like, well, how did you survive not posting, you know, a story about what you were doing the whole time, <laughs> 15 years right? ago. I like, know, wasn't even a uh, thought. It was just like, I'm enjoying this in the moment. Like, yeah. uh, I just, I can remember that it was the best. It, It is the best and it was and is because it can be done again. Like it's just now, just was talking about this um, recently, you know, that like, it's not that I'm opposed to social media. I'm not opposed to how even like we stream videos versus you know going and buying a, a DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. It's more so just like th- there's always been a decision to be intentional with your time. Yeah. How are you handling it? And I'll never forget somebody told me in high school, like if you're disciplined today, you're going to be disciplined in the future. And that drove me batty because... <laughs> <laughs> You know, my attention span is not the greatest. Like I'm, I'm the person when they clean their house, it's like, as soon as I see something in one room, I just start working on that room, carry something into the other room to like throw it away. But then like see the thing in front of me and I'm like, oh, now I have to clean this room. I'm crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like being intentional and it, that, that's not changed at all. And I, I think that what you're doing with your painting, you know, whether it started out as relaunched with commissions, but like, you know, creating that time for yourself, like the artist dates, like that's so important. Cutting out like whatever amount of time to just go look at the world around you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's so difficult sometimes, especially in our society to see value in that mm-hmm. or to like, take the time, as you said, with, you know, we have a choice. How are we going to spend our time? Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to push that aside and not, and not prioritize that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. 
So this is going to air close to Thanksgiving, if not the week of Thanksgiving. Do you have okay. any Thanksgiving plans? Hanging out with family? Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll do Thanksgiving with my parents. Cool. And then we'll do Thanksgiving with Michael's dad. And we'll probably end up in Alabama um, at a lake house. So yeah, his dad grew up in Alabama. He has family there. Um, so probably do that. So do like a long Thanksgiving, yeah. lots of celebration. <laughs> Any dishes you're looking forward to eating? Um, or I making? I really like green bean casserole. Ooh. Um, With the crunchy onions in mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yes. That's probably my favorite, but um, really all of it. I love Thanksgiving food. It's so <laughs> good. Like put it on a plate, mix it all together. Uh -huh. Like it's so good. Like it can be whatever. I, I love it all. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. What are you going to do? Um, enjoy my mom's cooking. Nice. Thank you so much for for coming all this way yeah. <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> Second neighbor on. <laughs> um, this is. I'm still considering this a porch cast because I'm I'm sitting in the. We're we're porch adjacent. We're porch adjacent. Wow, math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was math related, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm in the I'm in my lawn chair, my camping chair, and it's it's just too dark out. But whatever. Um, thank you. Yeah, vote vote for the Sunshine Act. The, Not vote. Do call text your, your Congress people. Congress people. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If yeah. You, that's important to you. Do that. Do that. <laughs> Thanks oh, so you're much. You're not a persuasive type. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know that I believe in it. There you go. That's it. That's a wrap for this episode. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for coming on, Delane. Let's do it again. I mean it. Maybe we won't be neighbors next time, but you should definitely come on and, and talk about whatever else. Maybe you have watched Dune by then. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy, you know, don't do don't do crazy shit on Black Friday. Don't don't be that person. Instead, stay home and watch Superstore or something. Hang out with the family, play some Uno, and let me know how it goes. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.